Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode. It's brought to you by Beneath. Starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H.com. And it's also brought to you by Jackson Row. Vancouver Design Jackson Row clothing caters to a relaxed bohemian lifestyle. Large doses of love go into every single piece, featuring comfortable favorites like sweaters, dresses, playsuits, and even stuff for men and children. Made up of neutral tones and flowy West Coast vibes, Jackson Row uses only the highest quality materials to ensure you stay comfortable and looking great. Check out yours today at jacksonrow.ca and use the code UNITY to help support the podcast. Also brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries. Head over to combatflipflops.com and become part of their unarmed forces. And brought to you by Heads Up Guys. Heads Up Guys is a resource providing men with information and practical tips on how to manage and prevent depression. This is a dedicated online tool to helping men get the help that they need, find someone to talk to, and navigate difficult times. For more information, head over to headsupguys.org. Hey everyone, how you doing? I got the opportunity and pleasure to sit down with the president of CAFA, Canadian Art Fashion Awards. Her name is Vicki Milner, and we chatted about everything from cannabis and fashion to what is happening with fast fashion, all the way to her amazing programs that they are doing to help Canadian businesses locally made and locally known to become more and more known. So I do hope you guys take a listen and enjoy. Hello, Vicki Milner. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? I am so excited to have you on our podcast because, my God, you're like the the, the motherland of, of Canadian fashion. No. <laughs> Well, try. You, well you're try best. you're doing it successfully and you're doing it in a way that is allowing for so many new brands to really come out, uh, out of the woodworks here and, and get their chance to shine and us being one of them. And it's been truly because of your program and the way that you, you run CAFA. And I would just, I would love for you to explain what CAFA is to these listeners. Yeah, it would be my pleasure. Um, so CAFA is the national platform for Canada to celebrate and support the Canadian fashion industry. And that includes both emerging and established talent in fashion design, photographers, stylists, models, uh, makeup artists, hair artists, um, all the different creators uh, that surround the fashion industry. We're we're the organization to shout about all the amazing talent we have in this country from the rooftops. So for you, when you started this endeavor, what did you find was the hardest part? Because you said that you have come from, you know, you were a brand rep. And so you knew that one side of this industry. How much did you know already about this, the other side of what you were really going to be going into focusing and like you said, from the ground up, getting people to be aware of these things and these brands in Canada and that we have this established fashion industry. What was the hardest part of, of moving into that type of job and that type of career move? Um, I think the hardest part is just getting 
people to get to know you and what your vision is. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, you know what you are capable of, you know, what's in your head, you can see it, you know, a million miles ahead. Yeah. But you got to convince people, right? (laughs) Over and over again, right? Like, and it's not like you're selling something tangible. You're, you're, You're selling them on a concept that you're creating, but you know, it's so important and, and they need to get to know that you're able to pull it off. You, you're a person of your word, (laughs) you, you know, and you build kind of relationships that way, um, over time and slowly by proving to people that, you know, it's not all fluff that you actually are going to follow through with what you're promising. So, um, you know, that takes time, you know, and, and sometimes, uh, people kind of jump in right away and they're like, you know what, I like what you're about. I see it. I want to be part of this. And other times people need time to see what you can do and then they jump on. Right. And it just depends on who, who you're talking to and what you need and how, how your kind of vision is coming together. But um, that's the hardest part. And I think that's true for any industry. You know, it's people just, they need to have faith in you and you have to show them who mm-hmm. you are as a person. Half the battle most of the time is getting people to listen to you. I mean, that that's what I've personally found. I feel like you can you can be successful at something if you if you know that mindset of you as long as you try and you keep you keep pushing forward and you don't quit and all of that. But it, you, at the same time, along with that, you need to have a certain type of personality. I feel like and yeah. that that and that's that kind of take no for an answer uh, type of person. And from what I've heard uh, in the industry about you, you're kind of what they call is uh, they call a a powerhouse and or somebody who makes sure that shit gets done is is what I was told. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're not one to be, um, you know, stepped on. And I think that's why people respect you the way they respect you is you're a hard worker, but you also know how to get the job done um, efficiently and effectively and you get the results that are needed. And I think that's yeah. why people see you in such high in high regard. I I gotta I gotta ask though a few like very random questions. Number one, how many children do you have? Three daughters. <laughs> okay, so you have three girls in your house, and four including you. Yeah. And you decided that all girls were gonna be the route we're gonna go. So I need to know how you handle that mental health of yours, having three lovely little girls. Well, and uh, two of them are twins. It's a set of twins. So, uh, yeah. So twins and another one after. Yeah. Um, They're they're eight years apart. The twins are 18 now. And the little one's 10, just turned 10. Um, And so... They keep me young and on my toes. How about that? <laughs> All right. That you, but how, how is it that you deal? I, I was talking with Donna about this as well, Donna Bishop, because she has her children. And we were having a conversation about the way that we are parenting kids and the way that uh, the things that our kids are going to have to deal with that we would not normally have ever had to deal with at our age because it just didn't exist. And that's the social media. And I find it interesting when I hear others who work in the fashion industry i my, one of the questions i love to ask them is how do you how do you work with your children when it comes to instagram and that fashion and that that uh, that platform because you can use it for so many great things in our industry and as well as you you and i both know that fashion and yeah. instagram are two hand in hand things but that also comes with a little bit of trepidation on my part of of giving children um instagram 
Yeah. Uh, oh, we, we've talked a lot about that. <laughs> um, especially, yeah, like when I grew up, like many, you know, none of that was there. And you kind of lived in your little bubble and no one knew, you know, what you did or where you went or, you know, what outfit you wore. You could have worn the same thing every day and nobody <laughs> knew or cared. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's a ton of pressure. There's a ton, you know, it's, A, it's explaining to them what you see isn't real, you know, like, and we've, we all have all seen that and read articles about that, but it does come down to that. Like, you know, it's, it's always nice to post beautiful vacation shots and, you know, uh, scenic kind of environments with like cute outfits and, you know, and, and, you know, that's the shot that makes it to the feed, you know, how many shots were taken right before, you know, (laughs) before that person decided that's the, the, the great shot. But a lot of it is just kind of speaking to them about what's real and what's not. And that your value is not determined by how many likes somebody has or, you know, how many viewers or, you know, with uh, TikTok too is, you know, one of those platforms now that's massive. Um, and, and, uh, you know, you can just get so sucked in. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty. Like I watch it, like when my kids are watching it, we get into the rabbit hole of watching like dogs or animal oh. thing. Yeah. Like they make me smile. They're cute, whatever. But then, you know, there's also a lot of other stuff out there that's not that great. So it's really kind of talking to them about that, but also balancing out it out with other things that are real. So they see how hard I work, you know, they read, they have other activities they do. It's also, I think, important to engage your kids in everyday life things, you know, and it doesn't have to just be like, you know, five activities during the week. Like that's also maybe not great, you know, and, and every kid is also different, right? Like you as a parent know, what works best for your kid, the approach you need to take, the hobbies they may or may not take to. So it is, you know, parenting is obviously very individual. For me personally, what's worked is talking to kids, my kids a lot, showing up is huge for whenever they need me. As busy as I am, we all are, you know, there are moments where, you know, okay, your, your kid needs you now. Like you drop everything and you need to talk to them because parents know also when, to read the signs, you know, when your kid's having an off day or something else is going on. And sometimes they just say nothing and they brush you off, but you can kind of tell something's going on. So it's important to kind of be aware, you know, like we, and we're all guilty, like we're busy, you know, work stress now with COVID, that's like a whole other layer of, of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just try to, I think it's important to pay attention to signs and kind of just like notice what's going on, check in, you know, as much as you can. And because they have to know that not only that you care, obviously they know you're care, you're a parent, but it's different between them knowing that you love them because you're their parent versus like you care because you're actually checking in because you know that you're noticing something's off. You know yeah. what I mean? There's, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, yeah. And I mean, again, like no one's perfect and every day there's new challenges, but I think being there for my girls checking in and kind of them knowing that they're a priority is is a huge deal for me well i think them knowing that they are a priority for you is is not only a big deal it's probably a lot of their the the trust that they have that has been developed it's the way that they 
they see the world it's having knowing that somebody has their back and that they can talk to and have a conversation with and be very open and honest and have an open uh conversation that won't end up being a judgmental fight i think that's a a huge importance and the reason i ask so many people of your level about those questions is because i always want to know how you were you are when you're handling your mental health because of that because we are going through uh, extraordinary times there are you know a lot of other stressors put on people that may not have ever been put on them before and some people may already have too much and this could be you know already you know the 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 tipping point what are you doing to keep you sane though the tiktok dog videos (laughs) just on repeat i watch those things on repeat you know what i think gosh you know we all need an outlet. Like I joke about that, but you know, and every, like some people like to golf, some people, you know, they use sports to like or run people run or exercise and do, you know, and all of that works in various ways for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone needs some type of like distraction. You know, I find like for me, it's watching like silly television or, you know, being able to like check out. I mean, again everyone's degree of how they they are coping with things is different it depends on your family life your friends like mm-hmm. going for a walk with a with a girlfriend is great you know like it's so individual because i talk to different people i'm very fortunate i'm married and i have three children to kind of take my focus off things sometimes mm-hmm. i also have two uh, my parents are alive still and they live close by uh, so that's so that support system i'm very fortunate because while all of this is going on i do have people who love me that i can lean on mm-hmm. to either, you know share my frustrations with to talk about them to forget them you know like i have i have a support system and for those people who don't you're right like you know they may be you know people who live alone as an example mm-hmm. And going through when we were on lockdown, you know, like it was so important for me to reach out to whoever I could that I knew lived alone, you know, because they're just there themselves. You know, they, they may talk on the phone here or there, but it's, it's different than when you actually live in a house with someone and you can like talk or hang, yeah. you know, watch a movie and get distracted or deal with it with someone. And I think mental health in general is so key on different levels, on, on an everyday level and, and on a bigger scale with so many people. And I think it goes back to what I was saying, like paying attention to like, whether it's signs or, or kids, like I just assume everyone's having certain issues right now. Like that's just my general assumption, yeah. how they deal with it. Yeah. Because, because it could be a work stress. It could be, you know, a family stress. It could be a kid stress. Mm-hmm. Like you said, because of like, everyone was already, feeling certain things before COVID. Now COVID comes and puts people even more over the top with worries and anxiety. And I think, again, stress with losing jobs, money, like I know many people who have lost jobs or are waiting to start their jobs because the current climate doesn't you know, allow them to work how they would normally work. And it's super stressful. And I think as much as we can, we have to be an outlet for other people. Mm-hmm. As much as you can. 
Huh? As much as you can, but I, I, I hear you yeah. say that, but I think that's a, a key point to, to remember as much as you can. As much you as can, you of course. It's not everyone exactly. is capable of doing different things, 100%. Okay. And some people are, are still are doing it themselves and they just, they don't have more to give and because they have to be mm-hmm. healthy themselves, right? So, but for those who are managing it in a, in a certain way and stuff, it's it's really important to reach out to people who you know, may need that just extra support. Well, I know you're back East in Ontario and I know that you guys have been locked down. I don't know. Are you guys at a lockdown now? Are you? We're, we're out of like locked. Like, yeah, we can go out and stuff. They, they shut the restaurants for a bit and then they open them up like for indoor dining and then they shut them again. I think we're just, it's a bit of a yo-yo like many other provinces where numbers go up and then they restrict certain things. And then, you know, people see how it goes once the numbers change again but we can go out like outside mm-hmm, and do all of that and whatnot yeah. i'm i'm curious how you feel about that about being about, inside. Uh, well not about being inside necessarily because your province in particular has been one of the hardest i would say the hardest hit in on in um canada but it's also been one of the most restricted and I can imagine having three children in a province like that where right before school is starting and that time of year, that must have been quite stressful. So I wonder, like, if you of all people, how does that, how does it feel? Do you, like, do you agree with it? I think, I think right now it's all, it's about, I mean, I don't envy any politician in, in the mm-hmm. space that has to, like, work through this moment in time because they have to balance health with econo- economic health of the country right and so it's um like I you know do I want to get back to normal working having my awards event in May and whatever (laughs) yes of course but that's not in the best interest of everyone you know from a health perspective but then what else could I be doing to still move the needle forward in in what you know from a work perspective on what we want to do and still Mm -hmm. communicate with people and still see people like I think we're all going through that balancing act individually is how do we keep healthy you know but still not completely being isolated and not doing anything and just you know because that's not healthy for anyone either right so it's a it's a bit of a balancing act for everybody I think I wonder me personally I wonder when what the number has to be for the suicide rate and unemployment rate and the homelessness rate and the abuse on children and adults rates have to be before we start opening up um, for people that are getting pneumonia. I've had this disease uh, and I know how bad it can be, but I also know that if the world's most unhealthy man can jump back four days later and get back on a campaign trail, the the like you, they lost me as soon as that happened I was like ah oh, shit I can't take it seriously anymore guys I'm sorry you lost my you lost my patience you lost my attention you lost my ability unless you have a predisposed condition I no no if Trump can beat it in four days that is not allowed that shouldn't be happening so I. I, out here in BC, they recently locked us down without warning as of Saturday. And today, if I'm not mistaken, is Tuesday. Um, it was quite troubling. And, and it was for us out here, it was more of a, an effect, more of to the effect of they were cherry picking people. And I found that to be most troubling was the way that they were doing it as a, from a government standpoint. I guess for me, 
I'm always curious to know how we can justify allowing all of these amazing independent retailers go belly up like the way we are. I just, I, I guess for me, to, from, from a fashion perspective and from the industry's perspective, that must be troubling to see that for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I speak to different, you know, from makeup artists to designers to stylists, because it's all affected, right? There's a trickle down effect. Like, there's not, in, there's not the same amount of shoots, then all of those creative people right. aren't you know, getting an income the way they used to. And yeah, and, and it's a, in terms of purchasing power, right? Like if someone's lost their job, they're not going to buy those, you know, extra pair of earrings that year. Or, you know, people are, you know, their priorities for sure kind of change right away and they have to put food on the table for their families. That's first. So, no, I agree. It's, it's terrible what's happened. And, you know, to your earlier point, like what is that magical number? Like the stat? I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I, I think we had passed it a while ago, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. I'm, you know, we're in November. So Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, through the holidays, we, we get a clean slate in January, but it's, it's very hard to tell what's, what the future holds when it comes to all that stuff. Of course, it's frustrating. And I know, like you said, you had the gala planned for May. And as of now, it's still a go last time I heard. But I mean, that, that could all change. And that in its own, planning that alone and just the, the work that goes into that. That. Yeah. <laughs> Just no. Plan something. It's like you know. It's like standing on a shaky ground. You know, it's you can't get your footing because it changes all the time. Um, but I, but I have seen innovation that's come out of this, and I people have pivoted and have accelerated plans mm-hmm. um, that maybe they sat on for a while, and this has forced their hand to like get up and do it. So, um, and in terms of in terms of the events business, we've seen like you know the hybrid virtual models. Is it the same? Mm-hmm. Would I rather do things in person? Yes. <laughs> There's Obviously. nothing like, you know, standing in a room, you know, seeing people and talking and, you know, being social and it's, it's, you know, even with work, you know, doing all these things on Zoom, it, it does get tiring and draining. You know, I think in the beginning, people were like, who had never used video conferencing? It was like a cool new yeah. opportunity. And you're like, oh, I see all the squares and I see all the people and I can, you know, see everyone at once. But now fast forward like, what, eight months later? Mm-hmm. it's not the same you know oh I'm gonna do a zoom call no <laughs> no now it's like I just hope that when I log on to a zoom call that I just don't see somebody's exposed genitals because right. I feel like <laughs> so many people had no idea how to use any of these platforms they all came out everybody had to all rush to them and next thing you know dads are walking around naked and you're seeing glimpses <laughs> of nip slips and you're what is happening in the world we were not ready for this amount of zoom in our lives I'm telling you one thing I have seen though, um, it definitely has humanized people a little bit in the sense that, you know, I, I think in the perspective that, you know, when you're in a public setting in a corporate world, you know, you have your, you know, VPs and bosses and, you know, different titles, right? And you, you don't really know people's like personal lives. You're there in the office, you work and, you know, unless you're friends with them, you leave and that's it. It's a working relationship. Mm-hmm. Now with people, you know, working from home you do you you get to know a bit more about their family and maybe their kids have popped in you know and and i think people's acceptance levels or tolerance of that home work balance or imbalance you know for many um 
has really like increased because people, people we're all in a certain boat, right? And and a lot of people have little kids and or kids that they're homeschooling and it's not this like shock, like, you know, if, if, if a pet or a child burst into the screen right now, it would be like, oh, look, you know, look at their kid. Or There's a tiny face, face in the screen. Yeah, it's like, it's more endearing than it's like an embarrassment. Like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. My kids are here. Like people have come to, you know, this understanding <laughs> that this happens and they're much more like tolerant. And, and it's funny too, because people have had fun with their like screens and their backgrounds. Oh, like, it's hilarious. Yeah, like, oh, I like your picture or your, your frame or, you know, whatever, your vase. And it, it makes it more human, if that makes sense. It does. It does make it more human in that sense, because I think up until that point, Zoom had always been used for such a traditional business matter and yeah. way of communication. And then you've kind of, we've taken it and, like you said, humanized it and spun it on its yeah. head. The only thing I find about Zoom to be... <laughs> I could find something wrong with everything at this point, but that's that's another thing. But Zoom to me is interesting because I, I just love the fact that you can just mute people and there's something so satisfying about being able to just, when someone's mouth is just a running, just boop, that like... Muted many people, Kelsey, and meeting. <laughs> I, here's what happens. You know what you do if you've been muted. You know what you've done. You know what yeah. you've put me do. I ha you made me do that to you is what's happened. Right, right. And yeah, you know right away because you can see it. Someone's oh, muted. You can see it pop up. This <laughs> is this like the, one of the single most satisfying things I've ever done in my life because in real life I have that where I just want to put my hand over people's mouths. Just you know when you just slowly see your hand reach out. <laughs> no. Yeah, but see that you do it politely. I just want to if you could just, just if you could just shut your face. Just and slowly push you out of the way. Like that's that how that Zoom button feels to me. It is the most satisfying thing. And I don't know. That's horrible. It's a horrible thing to say, but I, it is. And I don't care who. I don't care who judges me. Um, we gotta find silver linings, right? <laughs> oh my God, do we ever? With especially with this COVID thing. Oh my God, in our industry, I, I, I've noticed it so wholeheartedly with the fashion industry and being a brand and watching what happened say from buying times in March till now. And literally 70 of our accounts have canceled and are not reopening. And a good amount of those will never open again. And those are all very independent. And those are people's, you know, mortgages and children's, you know, children's clothing payment. You know, this is where these people got everything from. I find that really troubling that we're, you know, we're allowing it to go this far and we're allowing our society and our citizens of Canada to, to really just not, you know, not, we can't, they're not allowing us to do anything about it until somebody stands up and really starts making some noise about it. It's going to be an issue. And, and I'll be honest with you when they, they put the, um, they put the restrictions down on us this week. They said, you know, no, no office. No, you can't be at the office. You can't do this, but you can go to a restaurant I'm like, well, restaurants are running, so am I then, baby, because that's not going to fly. That, mm-mm. Yeah. It's, it's too, it's too wishy-washy, and I think that's why the public is losing that trust and patience uh, in it. And so I'm hopeful that this, I don't want to say end soon, I'm hopeful that we finally just get our head out of our asses and realize that we need to just all wear masks and move yeah. on and live our lives because this isn't going to get any better to the point that they need it to, to open, but it's no longer fair, in my opinion, to allow our independent stores and retailers to go bankrupt and 
work that something they've worked their entire lives for. I know, I know. And uh, the same thing I find with restaurants. Oh, so many restaurants. I feel for the food industry also like, you know, yeah. takeout take isn't enough. You know, there's so oh. many great family owned restaurants that I know in, in Ontario and in downtown Toronto or in, you know, all the suburbs they're gone too because they just, they couldn't survive. Right. And, uh, They've been open and closed and open and closed. And, and, and a lot of them actually, you know, in the first time invested in, in making things safe, you know, and wanting to, and spent a whole bunch of money thinking, okay, like I'll create the safest environment I can. Yes. Then just like build the, the business back up. And unfortunately with this kind of back and forth, they couldn't survive it. That, that what I, what I find so um, unfair about that is just the sheer, um, well, lack of give a fuck by those that are in charge, the ones that are actually going to have their paycheck and the ones that don't have to worry about their heat and hydro and rent and where their next, you know, meal is coming from. And I'm hopeful to see this change soon because I, I don't, I don't foresee a lot of people uh, being willing to take it much longer, let alone what's going on in the States with that and coupled with that. And, and, you know, and you and I both know very well that uh, whatever happens in the States has a trickle effect into Canada's fashion industry. Um, and I see that too. So for brands, I don't know if you've spoken with brands that sell to the States, but are you hearing a similar type of story? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we're all affected. And, and if if you have consumers in the States, like obviously it's, it's a bigger market, right? So yeah. you're the sales that you would normally make in the States or the stores that bought you, um, you know, were much higher. Uh, and so a lot of brands, of course, have seen a big downturn. It's like I said, if, if a person's lost their job, they're not going to buy either, right? So mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's, it affects businesses, but all, all the individual household, like discretionary income that somebody once had is gone now. So a lot of people are just prioritizing where they're spending. When you were starting into this industry, what did you initially want to do? I mean, before anything. Um, I wanted people to see the fashion industry as it should be seen. I wanted people to understand that, because there's a lot of stereotypes, right? Like, what's Canadian fashion? I mean, there's, and there's just a lot of ignorance in general about Canada and, you know, who's here and, you know, it's, it's, I always find it funny. I always find it funny. Like, you know, when you have, um, uh, those uh, stand-up, uh, like the night show um, hosts, oh. when they go out in the street and they ask people like questions that are logical questions, and then nobody like that goes on still all the time with with television and social media. You think you know there'd be more education around certain things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but I think for me it was just breaking down the stereotypes of Canadian fashion. Who's in this country? Who are the brands? A lot of times, and not even just asking people outside of Canada, you know, what do you think of Canadian or who are the Canadian brands? It's even Canadians, right? Educating people on who's in this country and the amazing talent that they bring. Um, A lot of global success stories. You know, I look at like, like bigger names, obviously, like Lululemon or Aldo. 
everyone knows roots, Canada goose. There's well, Canada goose. I mean, it's pretty hard to not know where Canada. Canada it's literally Canada. The goose is from the Canadas. But but all those other brands. I mean, I think you know people just don't know they're Canadian companies and they started here and and they employ all these great people. Um, and and then kind of breaking down the stereotypes. Well, you know, we have amazing outerwear, but we also have great evening wear designers and great jewelry designers and. And a lot of them are worn by celebrities and are super successful. And a lot of them do still live in Canada. And, mm -hmm. and I think we have to be our biggest, I always say this, like we have to be our own biggest cheerleaders. It's like when you have your own children, you know, you've got to create a foundation for them to succeed. You've got to nurture them. You've got to build their self-esteem up so that they can go on and tackle the world and, you have to be as their, you know, parent <laughs> to, to be that person for them time and time again. And it never stops because that's the job of a parent. But I look at kind of that in a way, like with our industry, like there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of, you know, information and, you know, we're, we live in a scrolling society where it's just now like scroll, you have, you have two seconds or if, if not less, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a stat out there. I just, I don't know it, but it's, it's all right. Short. We'll find it for you. Whatever it is, it's super short to make that impression, to get a person to stop and read a, even a caption, let alone like a whole piece of copy. So, um, it's so important to for for me and with Kappa and everything that we do to be that constant cheerleader to let everybody know who we have, create awareness and make and give them access to. That's the other thing: awareness and access. Make it easy for people to find these brands and buy them. You know, and then through that, hopefully, there's that trickle down effect. Mm -hmm. And 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 even even um, with the award show. You know, when you have a, a a big black tie, you know, fancy, beautiful red carpet, and everybody's wearing Canadian brands from head to toe, and and posting about it on social, and then people read read stuff in the media, they get to know who some of these brands are, and they start to Google them and buy from them and talk about them. So we all play a part, you know. And I think I always say too for for consumers, like if you find a brand you love. Go to the buyer of that store and say, oh my God, you got to check out this Canadian brand out. Or if you're posting something on social, tag, tag the brand. You know, brands love seeing that, you know, you love them and you're paying attention to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Like we all have that cheerleader part to play. And we, 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 if we do it collectively, I think there'll be great results. I think it'll be much more effective. Yeah, like you said, doing it on a collective basis rather than asking individual brands, hey, you do this and you do this. And hopefully all of a sudden Canada's brands will become, you know, a internationally well-known and, and and don't get me wrong. There are Canadian brands that have become very, very large and very well-known. Um, and that's that's exactly what you want. That's the goal. That's the whole purpose of it. I think yeah. the way that you not only run the program, though, and the willingness to have that open discussion and also the thing I noticed in the fashion industry when I first came into it was the the lack of uh, communication and willingness to help one another when it came down to i.e. sourcing or things like that because people see each other as competitors but once I found <clears throat> I started working along the lines uh, of some of these other people that we both associate with 
those are when the doors have started to like people have been starting to willing to have a conversation with you because they're starting to take you seriously and starting to take what you're doing seriously so much so that then they end up turning around and asking you hey do you know where I can get x y and z and that's a good like that's a that's a great moment when that happens for that person I know for me when that happened I remember it was a, it was a really good moment it felt incredibly validating from not only being a brand owner but also just being a Canadian brand owner like you said and so the only thing I would hope that would change is that there would be a willingness a little earlier on um, as brands grow to hopefully foster and uh, create that environment where they feel like the industry isn't pushing closing the door on them it's rather than opening the door open for them I think it's only going to be better official down the road the longer that you know CAFA is running the more and more CAFA is out there the more and more people are going to want to get into this industry because how can you not when you have an opportunity like emerging designers and you have these platforms for people to learn and educate and connect with those others that are trying to do the same thing as them so I think yeah. I think CAFA is, is a, such an instrumental uh, part of the Canadian fashion industry and not only acknowledging and then helping brands, but also, like you said, opening them up to the world. And I think that's on its own. If that's all that you ever did, you opened the world's eyes to so many people that may never, ever have gotten that platform. And that's such a beautiful thing on its own. Thank so. you. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> more, work, it's, more work to be done. I have big, big plans. Well, Just Get back to business and get out of COVID. Well, you know what? The plan, the the big plans will happen. And and the reason I know those will happen for you is because so far from every single person I've ever spoken with about you, because I do talk about you in only a positive manner. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I, they, they all end up having the same really positive things. But the number one thing that they all said that they had in common was you will get it done. You will get it done no matter what it is that you're doing. And I think that's one of the reasons I also wanted to speak with you was because of your because of your drive and your willingness and your um, your just integrity and determination to make Canadian brands known around the world and known for a good positive reason. I just, I need to ask what, what hardened you to this? What made you this, this fierce advocate like that? That doesn't happen overnight. You don't just become like that. I'm sorry, you don't. You know, it's, I think, it's not, and however this is going to come off, and I, I'm just like this, and in, in no matter, I think, any industry I would be in is, I really, like, care, I do, I care about people. Like, I, yeah. I, do, I don't you know if that really sounds like just, like, love like, you. It's not, you know, I do, I do. I care about people's backstory. Mm -hmm. I care about their own goals. I care about their, their journey of how they want to get there. Um and then I want to keep in touch with them to see if that happened or if they went in a different direction. Mm -hmm. I just when when before like the first award show, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I I did. I talked to a lot of people and there's nothing but respect in kind of everyone's individual stories and struggles they've gone through. And I mean, to be in fashion, you I've said this before, like you've got to love it. Like it's got to be a passion you've got because it's, it's hard work. It's not most of the time so financially rewarding. I mean, obviously when you hit it, hit it well, great and you have great success, but the road to get there is super hard and you're, you're going to get shot down in so many different ways. And so when I meet these brands that have that, like, their own resilience and their own passion and super creative, like 
people that I just admire so much. Um, that's what really drives me. It's, it's the stories. It's the stories of everyone and how they came to be. And I, I think, and this is something that I take with me every day, like everyone is working towards something, you know, like, you know, and, and, and some on a bigger scale, obviously some on a really small scale, everyone's trying to do something that's, you know, good in this world, that's valuable, where they can like be acknowledged and say like, I've achieved X, you know, and, and, and it doesn't matter if it's professional or personal or, you know, but we all kind of wake up in the morning and we want to get through the day, but we want to do like, do something with our lives. And, and it's, it's really inspiring to hear all those different versions of, of people's stories. Mm-hmm. And if I can play a small part in, in helping them. And again, it's like you said, if it's just a phone call to, to create an opportunity to an award to, um, I don't know, something small, like a, like a social, like social media post, you know, that takes very little effort. Um, why not do it? Like actually, why not? Like, there's no reason if a person is talented, hardworking and, 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 is out there every day hustling and we all are in our different forms. There's no reason why you shouldn't. There really isn't. So um, I think that's what drives me. Cause I, I just, just want to see people succeed. I really do. I think, I think if you can be part of someone's story of success, that is more rewarding to me than anything at all. No, I don't doubt it. Of course it is. It, you're being, being a part of somebody's success is, is like, it's, almost like being a life coach for them you know just even just having that small little moment yeah oh my god it's so it's so when one of the favorite parts for me when we have the awards is hearing people's speeches like when they kind of get up and they feel that acknowledgement and they're there and they're excited to be there but like you know they look around the room and they've either been nominated or have won the award and they have a moment that they're sharing, you know, that they'll look back on and it's going to mean something to them and it's going to inspire others, like you said, to mm-hmm. want to work harder or, or do more. And I think, I think we all, there's cause and effect to everything. And I think we all play a part, part in that. I love that. I love that so much. Can I ask you a question about your view on cannabis kind of fusing into the fashion industry? Um, in, in terms of what, in terms of like a textiles or? Well, a little bit of all, I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm starting to see it really become a, a, a bigger part of our culture because it's, you know, with the legalization and I'm, yeah. you know, it's just becoming part of the everyday fabric of the fashion industry. I don't know if you want to elaborate on any of that or explain for our listeners what that's looking like. Um, well, I, I definitely see from, from, like I said, textiles, like materials, um, also in, in, in the beauty industry too, like, um, big time, big time, big time. It's, you know, infused in so many different things. Um, and, and does have great effects. I mean, we also know the healing effects, um, for people who are struggling with certain health issues, mm-hmm. um, and how that's, uh, that's being, that has been used for, for, for a very long time. So there's, there's definitely, all these great things about it, but I've seen also um, like patterns, obviously. Obviously, you mean the, 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 the leaf plant that everybody's been using? Yes, it's on a lot of stuff. And I think there's a, the market for it. Like people love that, you know, and, and it's cool. And, and, you know, there's a whole line of accessories that, you know, are when, um, 
you know, like what, a year ago or two years ago, I just started noticing like even high-end brands started creating like all the, you know, the different accessories that go along with it. Like, and even like the, like the designer cannabis, like you, there were some retailers in Europe and I think New York that had like a department that you could go in and they created like a very like chic, high-end feel for all of your mm-hmm. cannabis things. And I found that really interesting. That would have never, ever happened before. Oh my ever. God, no. You would never have seen uh, something aesthetically pleasing in a pot shop. No. There's no way. You would never go, oh, I put that in my house. There's no way. <laughs> no, and they made it look like like it could have been anything. Like it's super chic and well-designed and creative. And and it was like a whole like department. I think it, maybe it was also in LA. I have to look it up, but I just remember thinking like, wow, like things have come a far way because people are recognizing whether it's legal or not, like people are smoking and have been for, for a very long time and whatever their reasons for it, they're there. And, and from a consumer purchasing perspective, if you, if you don't get on that bandwagon, you know, and if you're creating a line that is for that lifestyle or for, for that, um, you'll you'll miss out on a whole market segment, you know. <laughs> so massive market, and like I was saying, I was chatting with Donna. the The market itself is growing exponentially, but to see it grow the way it has in in the beauty industry and in the fashion industry yeah. just fascinates me beyond belief. Just from you know, how many years ago was it illegal? Not even that long ago. And it's gone rapid, rapid fire right through the fashion industry and, and the yeah. way, you know, people are using hemp materials and mixing yeah. them. And I think that's really great because it's not only showing a new younger generation that you don't have to make your material materials out of X, Y, and Z. You can also try A and B. And if you try yeah. these, it might actually, you know, have less water, let you know, less waste, less, you know, blah, 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 blah. All of the things yeah. that are, you know, the what we're looking for to better the fashion industry because unfortunately we do have a bit in our culture of that fast fashion and that is a I think is one of the more troubling things for me because I try to stay away from fast fashion it scares me I think it's it's horrible for our environment but I also think it's horrible for the genuine brands who want to be around on a long-term basis it kind of uh force forces our hand to try to keep up with these h&ms and these all of those other types and uh, although you know there are there are larger you know consumers uh and customer brands out there that are doing their best to make it you know more eco-friendly as they do that at the end of the day, it's still just fast fashion and that causes you know a a whole world of of issues um do you see that staying fast fashion or do you see uh, a decline at all on your end? I don't see it going away, but I see other brands telling their stories and on why they're not the fast fashion brand and why, why choose them instead. You oh, know, like I think, yeah. I think, I think there were less brands doing that before. And now there's, if you're, you know, there's so many great, not only brands, but um, e-com websites that are, you know, focused on sustainable products and, and really educating people. There's a lot more education. And I think the younger generation Mm -hmm. cares more than ever, you know, like, um, 
again, growing up, I, it wasn't like a big topic, like for me, but now it's a, it's out a lot. And the, the younger generation who are making choices when purchasing, they want to know the brand story. Does the brand have a social cause? Is it like, what do they believe in? What do they stand for? They're a lot more um, aware and, and I would say picky of, of, of if it's between A and B and B is sustainable and has a better social component to their culture and their ethos of what they do, they'll choose B. It won't be just, you know, where, where I think it's not going to go away is because it does come down to economics a lot, right? And, and fast fashion tends, is cheaper. And depending on your own socioeconomic status and what you can afford, and if you have like four children and you have to dress them all and you have to like also, you know, have food and pay rent, sometimes that choice is automatically already made for you because you can only afford to, you know, buy fast fashion. <clears throat> yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm sure given the choice, if there was a different price pricing, mm -hmm. they, they would want to make the more sustainable choice. But I just feel like fast fashion isn't going to go away because it's so low priced, right? Like it's just, it just is. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess I just, I, I, I hope one day that there is a, a time where, you know, quality comes back into play at an affordable cost because it will yeah. it, it will end up being you know the thing that saves more of the pollution from the fashion industry than anything of course of course and quality and the whole no notion of quality over quantity yeah it's like you know you can buy these five t-shirts but they'll fall apart in a year and then you'll have to buy another five t-shirts or you buy just two and they'll last you for a lot longer right mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. it's it's kind of educating and showing and, and it's it is it's a you got to keep doing it over and over. And I'm hope I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Like you said, in a, you know, however many years mm -hmm. you'll, you'll see like a true economic shift and, and not as many collections and not, I mean, like even with, when COVID started and there was so much inventory mm -hmm. and a lot of brands were just, they were stuck. Like they couldn't cancel their orders or, you know, whatever their situation, but they were just stuck with all this inventory and, it's one thing if like an independent brand is stuck with that and they can like, you know, hopefully sell it off, whatever. But mm -hmm. going, going into a department store when it was like shut down for a while and it has, let's say, fast fashion brands or, or a fast fashion retailer, mm -hmm. it's just so, so much stuff that's just there. And you think like, yeah. like that's just gonna, it's, it's just such a shame because like for, we don't need it. Like I, you know, I go to the department store in, in the States you know, and it's just product, 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 product. And I mean, of course, it's like every individual business and, and company has their own line and whatever. But it's, it's just a sea of stuff, you know, and you think to yourself, like, when did we get into this, like, sea of stuff? Like, you know, it's, it kind of, it happened over time, but there's just, there's a lot of stuff. stuff out there. The sea of excess, this, this yeah. constant need to have the newest, the best, the fastest, the shiniest. And I think that's where it probably started was along those lines and that just consumerism and that, you know, those ads before we could get our hands on them. Like we, the damage was done to the industry before the industry was created almost. That consumer want, that consumer need, that drive to have the bigger, the better, the, the faster. And I think no matter what we were 
we're going to get to, I think the pace will always dictate the economics. People want it as fast as they can possibly get it. And the thought that they might have to wait, um, you know, an extra week to have a pair of jeans come in, they would much rather, uh, in most circumstances, at least, you know, go purchase it somewhere else at a cheaper price just to get it as quick as they possibly could get it. Um, I see, I see it getting better as you uh, start to see these brands develop causes. I know we from an early on at Brass and Unity had that kind of stance of we were doing it always for the donation. It was never really doing it to be the company. So we came at it from a perspective of of wanting to help and not have a e-commerce business or a um, B2B or anything like that. We just didn't want, that wasn't the idea. But then we slowly, we kind of flipped it on its head and did a little bit differently. We started out with the charitable aspect and then grew the brand into that itself. So that's, it's never ever questioned what it does. And I'm, I am happy to see that over the past few years, while I've been growing my brand, I've finally started to see other brands realize how important it is to not only just line their pockets, but to also line others. And so that to me is a big uh, step in the right direction in the fashion industry, at least from my perspective, just because I I like to think that, um, and this is me, and I, maybe it's because the way I was raised or the way the, what the military did to me, I believe that you're always responsible for yourself, but I also believe very much wholeheartedly that we are also um, responsible for what we put out into the world. And yeah. if we put something out that's shitty and horrible, how could we, we be respected or wanted? Totally. Yeah, I don't know. I have, I just, I've, I've been of that, you know, hardworking mindset of, I'm not going to put out a product if it's not going to last a uh, long term. I'm not going to put out a product if just to rush it. I won't put out a product just because somebody else put out a new product before me. It's always been about the the charitable aspect and and making sure that we can fund the programs that are doing the hard work. And I I love seeing that um, over COVID, a lot of the other brands have kind of taken on that need to succeed and pivoted and found ways around. Um, ways around everything really at this point because it's been so long so not even one or two months of rent they're talking you know almost a year of having to hang on and so many people have um, really stepped up and I know during COVID you did uh, you had a really great platform for the brands in Canada do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah um, it was in June we did um, it was called the Wear Canada Proud online shopping event <laughs> and uh it was uh it was really just to kind of yeah rally we had over 160 brands um be part of it and it was a website that we developed that had all the different like jewelry accessories um women's wear men's wear categories um we did a two-day two-day sale um where you know brands could give you know whether it's special offers or you know some mm-hmm. incentives to shop over those two days um and really kind of drew a lot of eyeballs and traffic at a time when a lot of these guys were having no sales at all and no orders were coming in. And again, maybe they were stuck with inventory and it was like, they're just, there's in summer and spring and summer, but they still have all this fall winter stuff left too. And, and, you know, it was a bit of a hybrid in terms of, you know, what they wanted to, um, to sell and what the incentives were, but um, it did really well because it just kind of, showcased again all of these dynamic amazing brands some at all different price points emerging to established 
and um, it made people kind of want to shop and, and want to support and, and the whole kind of shopping local. I mean, CAP is all about that from the beginning, but I think now more than ever, the everyday consumer is making a bigger effort to discover who's local and support them in some way because um, in an order, like, like you said, to save these businesses, to make sure they, they survive. Some have not, unfortunately, but whoever is still out there, there's, and many of them, we can, we can play our part and support them. And like, a, like a lot of them are like family owned or, you know, just independent businesses that, like you said, need to put food on their table, pay their mortgage, whatever. And I feel like sometimes we forget like that there are people behind brands, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. You see big companies and you think like, oh, that's massive. And, and sometimes you just assume they're massive, but really it's still there's their face and a person behind mm -hmm. that brand. And well, what was cool that I liked also that we did was we did these uh, talks with people throughout the two day period just mm -hmm. so people can see those faces and, and, and say, hi, like, you know, the person behind this jewelry brand or fashion brand. And they told their stories and what they've been going through and how COVID's affected them, but also just a bit about their brand and, and what they're about and how they got started. Because I think um, people forget and you need to create that personal co co connection between that brand and and the person to the consumer you know we're all people behind the scenes yeah. doing what we're doing we're all human beings here people yeah, we're all human beings it's not like these all these massive you know corporate entities and i think people are are really surprised and pleasantly surprised when they're like oh my god you're so nice i didn't know you created this brand and tell me yeah. about it and you know how did you grow it like people are super engaged and then they become consumers for life because yeah. they are now attached personally to that brand story to that person and they can picture in their mind when they're buying that you know bracelet or whatever yeah. it's going to it's going to this person it's not just going to some office it's going to an actual human being who's putting their resources and time and effort and also employing other people you know to like for their salaries and everything um it's going to like a good place <laughs> so yeah exactly so that connection is so important so it is it's a hard one to make it's a hard one to cultivate and to continue it's it takes a lot of time just to build those relationships with you know from a brand to a retailer to a brand to a direct -to consumer it really depends on what that brand chooses and how they choose to spread their message but i do know i happen to be the face of my company and that's been a process and learning how to handle that and do and do all these things that come along with that but once people know who you are in terms of who's the, the name behind the, or the face behind the brand, you're right. People start to care a little bit differently. They start to realize, yeah. okay, oh, maybe this person's having, isn't doing very well. well I'm going to go buy something from them. And you never know. They don't know that that could have made or break your paychecks. You, they don't know that that could have made or pay your rent. But at this time right now in, in, in our world, unfortunately, some days are down to the wire for a lot of brands. And that is okay, but it's the truth. Yeah, they're going from literally paycheck to paycheck. Like they're, mm -hmm. they need to balance at the end of the month. And, and it could make it, like you said, the difference of, of you know, two, two purchases of, of things just to get them to that finish line. No, it's true. And, it, and we've seen it. And I know people have seen it. I mean, some of our sponsors, we, we all work together in this industry that is, is a consumer-based industry. And we are commodity, whether we like it or not. Um, I just like to think that, from this 
the positive that I've seen come out of this is people realizing it's time to not just make money to make money, but make money and actually do good things with the money. And that to me is everything I've always wanted to see more out of people. And maybe like I said, it's just that's the way I think. But I, I prefer to to give or I will go buy something double the price if I know half of it's going to go to something really good. I'm more yeah. willing to spend that money on a quality product if I know X, Y, and Z, like you said. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, so I, I, you know, I've, I've always wanted to talk with you since the moment I met you last, uh, well, I, I met you via email last year. Um, you, I, and I told this to Donna, I said, you, you lit a spark under me in a way that's hard to describe to people because when people from your level of um, attention in the fashion Canadian world, especially take notice of people who have just, are just trying to break in and just kick that door down in any way that they can. When people like you are so willing to answer the phone uh, and so willing to sit and have conversations and be a part of their lives, even if I don't necessarily have something to give to you, it's people like you that make people like me believe that I can actually make it in this industry. So I'm, I've always wanted to have this conversation and I've, I'm so grateful that I've, I got to have this talk with you. Um, is there anything else about CAFA or your amazing initiatives that I, you would like to talk about before we go? Yeah, um, well, going back to shopping local, um, <laughs> we started this going into the holiday season. There's a new platform, shoplocallabels.com, that we just launched yesterday. Um, and in the spirit of shopping local uh, and holiday gift giving, uh, we've put together an amazing curation of all the ultimate Canadian holiday gift guide. Everyone um, on that website is... Canadian companies owned by Canadians and um, there's amazing not only fashion obviously great fashion women's wear men's jewelry accessories but there's great kid stuff there's things for your pet there's things for your home there's decor there's entertaining we wanted to cast a wider net um, it's kind of you know it goes obviously with the theme of supporting all of these amazing businesses but you know we wanted to also profile different market segments right because everyone's kind of looking for gifts for different people okay. um and and there are brands from across the country and we have um these really fun like themed guide guides going on it's you know for uh the perfect host for cool kids and teens for for your favorite guy for um for surprise and delight for uh, <laughs> uh you know we try uh, you know stocking stuff or things we, we tried to put these like fun curations together yeah um, that'll make it fun and, and easy for people to discover these great canadian labels um so shoplocallabels.com i ask everyone to go on there um and find your gifts and as we said a lot of these guys are independent brands and some are some are bigger independent brands but they all have a person behind them and they have the face yes and a face and and a family and um a <laughs> and a car payment and groceries to buy and and all of the things that we all have and mm -hmm. um you know and understanding of course the holidays are going to look different for many different people and um it's it's one of those things like whoever is able to buy and was going to buy a gift anyway and they can make the choice to buy anything or or you know instead of just kind of 
picking whatever, like make an effort, discover these brands. There's, there's amazing stuff. So it's, it's no short of quality um, and design and fun. Um, but, you know, we have great brands. We need to support each other. Um, and like I said, it's really important just to make an effort. Sometimes it's very easy to just go on Amazon and write black sweater, you know, what I mean? <laughs> or, or, you know, whatever, whatever, red dress. I don't know. Um, red but, dress. Yeah. See what <laughs> pops up here. So, you know, yeah. But you can do the same. Just take it, you know, an extra like bit of effort and there's great Canadian companies and, you know, Brass and Unity is one. That's <laughs> me. Amazing, amazing jewelry there. Who doesn't love jewelry? Um, Nobody. So. Nobody not loves jewelry. Everybody does. You said no one. Everybody loves it. No, nobody not loves it. I mean, everybody loves it. Everybody has to love it. Yes. And it's, and it's, I mean, you're obviously, like we said, you have a great line and it comes with also an amazing story. And, um, you know, you're, I always say it's like the gift that gives twice, right? So. <laughs> well, hey, why not? I mean, we're given half the money that they just paid for away. So it's, that's what we try to do. Make it, make it so that people are, are proud to have bought that gift and given it to someone so that they can go, hey, I got this. Oh, and guess what? Instead of getting those, I don't know if you ever got those, or any of your family members hated you enough to buy you the, I planted a tree for you in Botswana somewhere, some shit. Oh yeah, not not. I had other trees. I had uh, pets like oh you know, yeah uh, from abroad. There's different, you know. Yeah, you yeah. get. It. I got. I got. Yeah, or yeah, they got you this goat for a village far away. I'm like, they're gonna kill that goat. I don't. Don't buy me a goat that I know is going to get murdered. I don't want to know about that as a child. <laughs> Why is that like feel like? Well, it's the gift of giving. No, it's not. It's gift of giving. You're fucking nightmares. I don't you know need what? that. There's there's. I also like find. There's a lot of great grassroots charity, charity yeah. in your own community. Time. And obviously, you know, there's the bigger charities and foundations and all of that. But it's the ones that are like smaller where your dollar truly does like go a long way. And it could make or break their year too, especially so many fundraising events got canceled. You oh, know, yeah. like there's always, I mean, in Toronto, there's, in a normal season or time, there's like a million events, you know, and, and a lot of charity, you know, whether they're big galas or, or little like fun, you know, cocktail thing, whatever, whatever it is, a lot of these guys lost a ton of money this year and money that they really need to operate, you know, not because, you know, the VP makes or the president makes a ton of money, but they actually need it to operate and do yeah. what they do. Um, so I do encourage, like, if anyone was going to do one of those gifts of like, you know, mm -hmm. just investing in a charity and, you know, try to seek out those like grassroots charities, like the good charities. Yeah. Because they really, they're on the ground, you know, like there's a ton I've, I've discovered in our city, like a ton of ones that, you know, especially now with domestic violence on the rise, Yeah, that's a huge one. And a lot of these kind of organizations, shelters need a ton of support. Um, the, and the demand isn't going away because unfortunately yeah. that's just the state of our world. It's always been there, but now it's increased. I think it was 25%. Yeah, it's gone up and same with the suicide rate. It's some God, yeah. ungodly Yeah, number. all of those, the shelters, the mental health, the organizations, all of that, like mm -hmm. they really need extra support for anyone who is able to give. Um, yeah. I do encourage that to, during yeah. this time. 
I always say that when if before you give, do your research about where you're giving. Always, please, please do your research. There's incredible sites on. You can Google, you know, charity rankings, and they'll they'll tell you um, if they're a proper 5013C, they will show how where their money goes and how it's done and where it gets broken down to. And I always think that's important to acknowledge because some people who donate just they might not know where they're donating or didn't know that was even a thing. Um, so that yeah, cost per dollar basically. Yeah, cost yeah. Cost yeah. per dollar, cost to run, yeah. The whole thing where, like, how much of your dollar is going to admin versus the actual like programs that, okay. yeah. Yeah, and especially in our veteran and first responder community, like we we keep it, everybody keeps an eye on everybody's charities because we always, you know, hope at the end of the day that all the hard work these people are doing are are you know to the betterment of those charities and what they need those funds for so but yes i'm i'm more than thrilled to um to have you had you on this show and talk about this amazing platform you've got and i will be sure to tell all of my american friends about the platform as well because there are some super badass canadian brands that need a place down in the states pretty heavy and i know they could do quite well so we'll be sharing this every which way to sunday and hopefully we can start get our canadians down in the states a little bit more and show them what's up yeah, well, we I think we should go on a road show when it's safe. I'm, I am so for it. Please just tell me when and where. I know, we'll plan, we'll plan. We just got to wait a bit more, but. I'm yeah. trying so hard to wait patiently, but I am losing I it. I know, oh. it's hard. We got to, we got to, we got to get through it together. I know, you know, stronger together, all of that. People say that, but. I'm going to just say we really, you really do like every day you wake up and, you know, I personally, you know, don't want to listen to the news every day because that's not good for mental health either. Like you're aware of what's going on, but (laughs) I think that, you know, being glued to the numbers and the, you know, it, it could really take over your life. And, you know, I think, like you said, we know what's going on. We have to be safe and wear a mask and wash our hands and all, you know, all the, all the rules of engagement right now but i think when you watch the news too much and are get too obsessed mm-hmm. i think in the beginning we were doing that a lot obviously when everything was just starting we were unaware like what's going mm-hmm. on but after eight months you know it's it's hard i, I you know i'm I, we still have to be obviously diligent i'm not saying that like we still have to be no, aware of that not, not like a like we still have to you know i wear and I have kids, they go to school, like we're all, you know, very extra careful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, like you said, I think mental health is key also right now. And um, you've got to balance that with what you see on the news because it can get Well, well, mental health and the suicide rate has has spiked so significantly during this time of year. And I, I, I think I'm at my wits end personally, because I think enough is enough. I think we should have me, I'm I'm a horrible person, and I and I'm very well at admitting the fact that I think we need to open up now because the sheer amount of suicides should be enough to shake this country loose of itself and realize we can't always be there for everyone if we're constantly secluding anyone. So my hope is that we can come up with some type of game plan to get to these people that are struggling. And uh, me, myself, who've ha- who has active P- PTSD and MDD, and I'm very aware of how uh, people are feeling right now. People are reaching out. And, but I also am very aware that it's affecting me. 
it's affecting me on a very big, bigger way than I hoped it would. But at the end of the day, I know that this too will end. And if it doesn't end, well, hopefully all we can do is uh, our best for our own mental health and try to be there more for others. And if you're seeing signs and symptoms and people don't just wave it off. Don't be like, I got other things to do. Take yeah. that shit seriously right now because this is no joke. This time of year, this 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 climate, this... Especially, yeah, a lot of people can't travel. They're not going to see their loved ones. Oh. Um, it's it's, it's going to be tough for sure. It is. So that's why I think I, mental health needs to be acknowledged in every way, shape and form. And if and if, you know, you ever have a hard time or, you know, Vicky, anybody who ever has a hard time, you know that they can always reach out and we can help to find those resources for them because no one needs to suffer in silence by themselves any longer, especially during this, because it's not it's just not fair. So. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and you know the same about me. Of course, darling. Of course. Our, our neighborhood here. Yeah, I know in the hood. Listen, it's been a pleasure. I'm uh, I'm grateful and I'm be- beyond excited for the gala and in like fingers, toes, everything crossed that it's going to happen because I know. when that got canceled, I was like the one year we are actually nominated. It's not happening. <laughs> I know. Come on. We'll get there. I, I have faith. We'll, we'll do something. How, we will do something, and then we do have the faith. But I do want to say thank you so much, uh, Vicki Milner, for spending this time with us on the Brass and Unity podcast. Thank you, Kelsey. Good luck with everything. Thank you, darling. See y'all later. Bye. So for my resource for this week at the end of the brass and unity podcast we have picked help for heroes and they provide lifetime support to those who are wounded while serving their country they are a british resource so for any of our nato friends over there listening to this podcast please check them out Uh, they do incredible work to make sure that you are looked after after an injury uh, while deploying and they will do their best to make sure that all of your needs are met Um, that'll be help for heroes I want to say .uk, but definitely take a double check. Um, But they do incredible work, so please check them out while you can. And we will see you all next week.